Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 everyone. That is the voice of your Yonko host for today, Dr. Jace Attorney. And today we're having our second ever Vivri card special. We have a very special guest here with us today. We're super excited to talk with him. He's been uh, a big name in the animation industry for many, many years, and we can't wait to talk about all the things that he's had influence on but with me as always is fellow yonko grandmaster who grandmaster you excited for today yeah i mean i'm excited uh i don't know if you can tell i'm definitely nervous but uh i mean again this is our second guest uh that we ever brought into the show and again when we bring people on there are people who are in the game they're in the industry they're writing they're directing they're producing so when we get them on it's like oh goodness this is real so i'm very excited for today uh, this is near and dear to my heart, for sure. Likewise, likewise. Well, folks, let's not waste any more time. Our special guest today, he is director, producer, and writer of many hit animated television series from across the medium. He's had a role in the Looney Tunes show, Dilbert, some episodes of Family Guy, Eight Crazy Nights, and most recently, the release of the Kingdom Hearts pilot. We're going to get into all of this very, very soon. But with us today is Seth Kearsley. Seth, how have you been, my man? Hey, I'm, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the whole hit shows thing, I, I don't know that that's happened <laughs> for me yet. Um, <laughs> I've worked on other people's hit shows. Uh, but, uh, you know, Eight Crazy, I, I, Nights was, Eight Crazy Nights was fun. Uh, you know, no one called it a hit. You know, like I'm enjoying the, uh, uh, you know, cult classic, you know, like I, I love hearing that people watch it every year at Christmas and, um, you know, there's people that watch it every night of Hanukkah, like, um, so, you know, that's cool. Um, but it would be nice to have like an actual hit that happens like as it comes out, <laughs> that would be good. I think you gotta give yourself a little more credit. I mean, I, I think, yeah, as you said, cult classic, there's a fandom, there's nonetheless a fandom. Yeah, and we're we're definitely part of that. It's a hit to us. Well, so, I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, for sure. I mean, those were. I mean, I, I can at least speak for a crazy nights. That was a show. I'm sorry, a movie that I remember growing up in the early to mid 2000s when that came out. That was a movie that would come on um, alongside you know those those other films like uh, Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer uh-huh. or. You know, those yearly movies that would come out around Christmas time. And I remember yeah. watching this and I remember enjoying it as, as a kid back then. Um, yeah. And I still enjoy it to this day. So it's, it's definitely a film that I think is, is a is a fondly remembered cult classic, at least for me. 
Yeah, um, I, I only just recently started um, to like make it a part of like the family tradition because you know my girls are twelve; they're gonna, they'll be thirteen soon. Uh, and you know, even though um, I I met my wife on the movie, um, oh, she was, she was wow. like, "You can't. We they can't see it until they're old enough to see it." And I'm like, <laughs> "Ah, come on!" <laughs> uh, so I think the first time they saw it was um, like just before the pandemic. So I think. You know, they were like 10 or something, but um, there was a there was a theater out here that was doing um, rooftop cinema uh, thing. Um, and uh, so they were doing all, all kinds of different holiday movies during the holidays. And they did that and they reached out. And, um, you know, so I was like, I mean, come on, we're going to watch it with an audience. Like when when are we going to get an opportunity to watch it with an audience? Um, and um but then it was like with headphones on um because it's outside um and so you couldn't really hear anyone laughing or <laughs> you couldn't really hear responses all i could hear was my wife um you know at like um you know some of the like more off-color jokes um going oh, oh. And I was like, can you please stop doing that like you know this movie like you helped make it like can you stop being that mom that's like you know, oh, oh. like, you know, what's coming up? Like, you, you know, why are you acting surprised? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, So as some people don't know for our viewers. So you were the director. Yeah. Of a crazy nights. What was your wife's role? Uh, That's that's very um, cool. She was um, she was a, a coordinator for the animation department and then for the cleanup department. And so we, like we met on that and then we started dating after. Um, but um, but she definitely knew the movie like inside now. Um, so. And that's, I mean, I feel that's a, a legacy in itself. That's part of y'all's history. And, yeah, you know, screw what the naysayers say about this movie that brought you to your wife. So I think right. that's a. A it's great a fond little... memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Remember encounter. that time we made that movie? <laughs> <laughs> the hit cult classic. Um, but uh, no, for sure. I I, I kind of also want to see you know since Eight Crazy Nights that was like around two thousand two. Um, yeah. you know what was your like early star in the industry? Uh, like you know what was your early career like or your first big break? Was it Eight Crazy Nights or did you have other projects beforehand? I mean, A Crazy Nights is is definitely the you know the high water mark. Um, uh, but um, I started um, my first job outside of school, and I'm grabbing the thing because I actually like have it on my desk. Um, but the Max, you guys know the Max. The Max. I mean... for, M for MTV, this guy. It kind oh, of looks you know, familiar. I never associated a name with it before, but like the design looks very familiar. Yeah. So I, that was I, that was the first thing out of school. And, um, you know, when I was uh, trying to get into CalArts, um, I was drawing from a lot of Sam Keith's comic books because he has like a really interesting style that's kind of kind of realistic, but not. Um, and um, uh, so when that show came, um, you know, it was uh, done at Rough Draft, which is mostly known for doing uh, Futurama. Um, okay. okay. But um, this was the first thing that they did um, with Rough Draft LA. And then there's a Rough Draft Korea that, you know, um, does a ton of animation for, you know, a ton of shows. Um, uh, but um, the guy who was running running that um, was from CalArts also, and he just put a flyer up at the school. And I saw the flyer and I went down and 
um, uh, got the job and, you know, like you always wonder like, am I, am I actually going to be able to get a job? Like I've spent all this money to go to this school. Am I actually going to be able to pay off my, my student loans? Right. Um, and so, um, so I had been working with my dad before that, um, in construction. Um, and, uh, I think I was making like, yeah, well, um, I, when I got this job, it was it was the exact same amount that I was making working for my dad. So it was eight hundred a week. Um, oh wow! Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> um, you know, uh, someone's actually going to pay me to do this. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I went to the interview with um, a couple other friends from school, and we all had that same like as we were walking away from the building, we were all walking like trying to play it cool. Um, but all like, you know, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we're actually going to be able to like make money. Um, oh my God, oh my God. Uh, so that was like the beginning of the dream. Um, and then, uh, after the max, the next gig was working on the Simpsons. Um, uh, you know, so I worked on season seven nice. of the Simpsons. Um, my first episode was the Lisa, the vegetarian episode. Um, and, um, I think my first scene, um, on that was, um, they they watched like um some troy mcclure video um um presented by the meatpacking industry um okay and um and they're like and scientists agree and then they cut to this scientist that's like uh um that was my first scene <laughs> proud <laughs> uh, moment and, yeah i mean that's I did, a that's huge. Yeah. yeah this is I, Simpsons. I did all of the animals in that because like I, I guess I could do animals um and uh so then i also in that episode um i didn't even realize that this was a meme but um the where it's like the little cute um lamb and then another like cuter lamb comes in and homer's like oh wait you um or yeah i keep panning from one cute lamb to to the next that was uh also one of the scenes that i laid out like you know it's boarded and someone else wrote it but like i did the drawings for for the thing so, uh, so then I go from there to Disney for Timon and Pumbaa, um, and, um, wow. <laughs> uh, and from, uh, yeah, I was, you know, it was kind of like, I was like doing a season there and then a season there and then a season there. Right. Right. And, um, so at Disney, um, I was still doing character layout, um, on the max, I did storyboards and character layout. Um, and when I went to the Simpsons, they were like, do you want to do storyboards? And I was like, well, maybe let me like get to know the show a little bit before I jump into boards. Um, and right. then when I was finally like, all right, I'm ready to jump into boards. They're like, well, we don't have any board positions um, for you. I'm like, all right, then I'm, I'm going to go find a job where they've got a board position. Uh, Cause <laughs> I was like, I mean, this is season seven. Like how much longer right. could this go? Oh <laughs> man. Famous, famous last words for the yeah. Simpsons. But you know, at the time, like seven seasons, right. like every season was like, okay, this is going to be, this is it. This is going to be it. Very um, true. Very know, true. And now they're at like 32 or 34. Or easily. Like easily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and I know people that are still working on the show from back then and probably they'll, their entire career will be working on the Simpsons and, you mm -hmm. know, they'll, um, but um, I don't know, uh, I guess, because uh, growing up, you know, doing construction with my dad, like, you know, you, you finish a house and then you move on, you make the next house. Like you don't keep, you know, working at the same house. So um, it just felt natural to like, just keep moving around. Um, and also I really wanted to direct. Um, and so, you know, I, I looked at the Simpsons as 
uh, I think they had eight directors um, at the time and, you know, and then eight assistant directors um, and then eight timers. And, you know, you sort of went from timer to assistant director to director. Right. And then there were all of the character layout artists that were there before I was there. Um, and I was just like, man, if I stay here, it's going to be like, you know, 10 years before it's my turn to direct. And I don't want to wait 10 years. Um, so. Right, right. Um, so when I was at Disney, I was on Timon and Pumbaa, and then I was also freelancing work for Nightmare Ned, um, and then I was also freelancing work for Project Geeker um, at Sony, um, and um, uh, and then at Disney there was a development um, gig that happened um, that um, uh, it was for this character called Moxie that like, you know, someone had done like three comics of, um, and you know, they optioned it from, you know, they went to San Diego comic-con and were like, we'll take that. Um, yeah. And, um, on the Simpsons, I had worked with, uh, Eric Stefani. Um, he was, uh, you know, um, in that little band, no doubt. Um, uh, and, uh, so I was like, man, we could get like, and, and at the time, like, no doubt was just starting to get uh, radio play right and right. i was like man we could get like that i'm just a girl song and use that as like the theme song for this show um <laughs> and then get gwen to do the voice um and uh and everyone's like I, it, no one knows who this band is um <laughs> all right um yeah no one knows but um uh but um and uh, so I went from development there to then um, I had a meeting for at Deke for um, Mummies Alive. Um, and um, I had never directed. Uh, I had only boarded uh, really on the Max and I had done like my freelance boards. Um, and so but this was meeting to like produce and direct the show for them. And it was uh, 42 half hours. And uh, I, I think I was um, like 23, 24. Um, and um, the guy outlined um, this like grueling schedule. Um, and he's like, it's going to be like, uh, for most of the time, it's going to be two episodes a week. You, you know, so like each week, that's like two premises, two outlines, two first drafts, two final drafts, two record drafts for all different episodes um, wow. all need to be approved two episodes going into design two episodes going into boards two episodes coming out of boards and going into timing and two episodes shipping um uh, and that's all at the same time so at at one point he's like you'll be working on at one point you'll be working on 26 episodes at the same time uh in uh, different phases of production um and he's like, you know, and then about then, that's when it'll go up to three episodes a week, um, you know, so we can get it done in time. Um, and uh, so 42 half hours in a year and a half. Um, and uh, I was the only director. Um, and um, uh, if someone gave me that schedule now, I'd be like, you can't no, that you can't do that. That's that's a nightmare schedule. It needs to be twice as long. It sounds um, like it. And we need like, you know, two, at least two other directors. Um, uh, but I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. He's like, do you think you can do it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, and I just figured like, if I completely fell flat on my face, um, doing it, that it was their fault for hiring a completely inexperienced director. Um, and, um, and so it was kind of my trial by fire. Um, and I learned a lot on that show. Um, 
like a lot of what not to do, um, a lot of like how to take shortcuts, um, and uh, you know, a lot of like how to like make it look like we spent more money than we did. Um, and then um, uh, at Sony, I you know, I had done the Project Geeker stuff um, for Sony, um, and my associate producer for Mummies went to Sony to be like the head of production, um, and so she. Uh, called me down for Dilbert um, and um, so I went over there for Dilbert um, and uh, ended up getting the supervising director gig and you know so we did two seasons of Dilbert um, and um, 30 episodes uh, and uh, by the time we were wrapping the second season there was talk of this Adam Sandler animated movie and I was like, I want to do it. And they're like, well, what if the script sucks? And I'm like, I don't care. I want to do it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, I was a huge Sandler fan and like, you know, I watched like, I was like opening night for Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore <laughs> and Waterboy and like all those things. And I was the guy that was like, you know, quoting the movie and, you know, um, if we were friends you would have heard me say it over and over like different things from the movie um, and um so i totally wanted to do it and um i harassed everyone um and then they hired someone else um and um uh, and i was like ah oh, man um, and they're like but you can be a sequence director and all my friends were like you should be a sequence just just do it and then like you know at least you've worked on a movie and like then, then the next movie comes along you can be the director and so like on the friday i said okay i'll do the sequence director thing and they're like great and then on monday morning i got a call from that producer that i said i would do the thing and he was like if you haven't gone into work yet, don't go into work. I might need you to come up to Sandler's today. Um, and it turned out that the guy who had been hired was fired on Monday morning. Um, oh, because, wow. Uh, <laughs> he like neglected to um, give them some information about what was going on with him. Um, like he was getting married and they were planning this like two month long honeymoon. Um, and they're oh, like geez no, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be we're a problem. going now like we, we the director can't take two months off right um, <laughs> so so they fired him and then i got to go up uh i got to go interview uh, so yeah i've just been motor mouthing um uh, so you guys you guys have me after um two um uh coffees and so. <laughs> no there some questions then if, if you want to hear well, no i mean no i mean every everything you said i like you're part of a lot of big pro well projects that you know. The, you say the Simpsons. You mentioned Timon and Pumbaa. I did not know like, Timon and Pumbaa. That's a big one. I wasn't aware. And then you working with No Doubt before they blow up. Yeah. Like that's really cool. Yeah, that I, I heard. Um, uh, I listened to the Tragic Kingdom album um, with Eric's demo um, the first time. Like you know, so I, I heard the demo version of the of the album, and I was like, oh man dude that don't speak song like that's that's that hits hard like you yeah. to, like you guys should make that the, the first one and he's like no i think that they want to do the i'm just a girl one first like that's th what they want to release because you know that like at that time there there was a lot of like you know uh girl power stuff going on a lot of female um singers you know coming up um so 
that was also around the same time like Alanis Morissette had the Jagged Little Pill album. Um, so I'm Just a Girl, um, you know, sort of fit the vibe of what was going on at the time. But but still, I think Don't Speak is their like their biggest hit off of that um, that album. I, I, I would say so. I, I, I know uh, I, I'm Just a Girl just got major replay with uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. But I, I just feel that's like something that was kind of like you didn't see it wasn't like you went to Cal Arts, you know, yeah. and, and you're working with no doubt. And I don't I don't know if that was like on your radar, but well, my it's roommate, cool to look back at now. Yeah. Well, my roommate from Cal Arts um, was uh, Gabriel McNair, who um, was gigging with no doubt on the weekends while um, while we were at school. Um, and then I think he ended up um, not finishing um, because um you know tr the tragic kingdom album blew up um and then he just started touring with no doubt they're doing like you know like non-stop world tours um and he still plays with gwen uh today um and uh so he and i he was on the music side and i was on the animation side and we talked about how um you know tim burton and danny elfman met at cal arts um and I was like, we could be like Tim Burton and Danny Elfman. <laughs> um, and so uh, I've had him do music for me for a bunch of things. Um, so like, you know, Brown and Friends is the show that um, I have that just dropped on Netflix. Um, uh, it's almost a month. Um, uh, and uh, he did the music for that. And so the, the music oh, is just oh, wow. like, it's really like, you could watch it just for the music. It's it's that good. Um, like he crushed it. Oh, gee. Oh, now that's on my list now. Uh, and yeah, I, I wanted to ask more about Cal Arts. So that is a prestigious school, as you said. Like Tim yeah. Burton went there. Uh, the whole A one one three crew yeah, yeah. and everybody associated with that was that was that always on your radar? You wanted to, you know, be in animation. Cal Arts is the place you need to be. Um, I didn't know any of that. Um, <laughs> I didn't know anything about animation. Um, you know, I was working, um, I started working for my dad when I was like nine. Um, and you know, like you start off as the gopher, um, you know, it's like, you know, go for this, go for that. Um, right. and, uh, so he would say like, I need a framing square. And I'm like, I don't know what a framing square is. And so he would draw what it was and then send me to the van to find the framing square. Um, and, um, and then gradually i got to where like by the time i was in high school like you know i was making like a really good living working for my dad like you know i could have supported myself in high school with the money that i was making um <clears throat> and then i had a friend that went to cal arts um and i had like never thought about art school like i always drew um and my parents were always like you should do something with your art but like they never like um put me into classes or um or like help me with any kind of guidance uh, as to like, well, what can you do with art? Because like all I knew was that, um, you know, artists starved um, and went crazy um, and then, you know, were famous like after they were dead. Um, and like that right. doesn't sound like a good life. <laughs> um, uh, but like I never even thought about the fact that like all of the comic books that I was reading, there were artists that did those. And, um, you know, I never thought like, I was really into animation. Um, you know, I was um, like when The Simpsons came out, I think I was um, maybe I was in junior high when The Simpsons came out or I was in high school and like I was still watching cartoons. Um, and then it was like 
not cool for me to be watching cartoons anymore. You know, different time. Right. Uh, uh, it's very know. similar now. Uh, I think yeah. it's a le little less now. I think but... it's less now. Yeah. They're very less. Yeah. Um. But um. Uh. And so when The Simpsons came out, it was like, okay, cool. This is like this is a cartoon for the age that I'm at. Um. So like, it's cool to watch cartoons again. Uh, and so I had, you know, this friend that went to CalArts. Um, and so my junior and senior year of high school, um, uh, he would invite me and another friend um, to go out uh, to see or to go to some of the parties, um, which the parties were just like insane. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to go to this school because these parties are insane. <laughs> I need to go to this. And like he went to the school because it was like the number one, like, he had read something of like in Playboy of like the top 10 party schools and like CalArts was in there for top 10 party schools. Wow. So I'm going. I'm not yeah. even worried about animation, just worried about the party scene. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about animation at all. Um, and that's, then, that's uh, perfect. I was like, I've got to go. Um, um, and uh, uh, so I would walk around the animation department and I'd see all these drawings on the walls and I'd see drawings on people's desks and things like that. And like literally on the desk and on the walls, like just like, you know, um, there was like one phone on this side of the department and one phone on that side of the department. If you wanted to get a hold of someone, you called that phone and whoever answered it could then go find the person you were looking for. And, you know, it's the right. cord phone. And so, yep. like, you know, you've got a bunch of artists with pencils, like, you know, doing um, and, you know, when um, at that time, um, like Craig McCracken was was at the school. So you've got like oh, Craig wow. McCracken drawings on the walls and, you know, Gendy Tartakovsky was at the school. So you've got Gendy drawings on the walls and um, and um, a bunch of other guys that you don't know, um, but that, you know, <laughs> were just as good, if not better than those guys also just doodling on the wall. Um, mm -hmm. And um, there was one time that I was going through the, um, the department and I kept hearing this like beep, beep. Um, and like, it sounded like, like the you know there's a battery is is dead on um a you know, smoke detector or something right because like, it kept going like at regular intervals and so um and i'm like i'm drunk from the party because like the, you know the parties <laughs> were like um you'd go and there'd be like this whole like wall like you know with like 10 different like water cooler you know things like the five gallon water cooler right, right yeah right. but it's all mixed drinks yeah, um, yeah. Oh. so you could you know it's basically jungle juice um uh and um uh you could um go and get like i went the purple one this time or whatever um and so i'm walking <laughs> through the animation department and i follow the sound of this beep beep um until um i get to a camera room um and i'm watching this guy like shoot his his student film and um <clears throat> And it, it rolled back five seconds and then, you know, he would change out, you know, the drawings and he had a stack of drawings on this side and a stack of drawings on this side. And he was just like putting down drawings and then closing the platen and taking two frames and then taking it off and putting it on this pile and grabbing another one like that. Mm. And so I got to like watch his film, like, you know, just five seconds at a time, like, uh, you know, like just gradually moving through the right. scene. Um, right. And he was so focused doing what he was doing, he didn't realize I was standing behind him watching. Um, and then at a point, I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" And I'd never, I'd never thought about how animation was put together. And I was like, "Oh my god, it's just like a flip book." Like, I've done a flip book before. I don't know what, what a flip book is. And, and um, 
so that guy was pete doctor um, pete doctor yeah wow um and so um and his student film was um about this um this old guy with a square head um who's annoyed by this girl with her balloon um and her balloon gets stuck in his tree and, and he helps her get it out um but like very much like the inspiration for up um and um wow. so you know so uh, so then it wasn't just about the parties you know but it was about the parties but then it wasn't just about the parties um because i was like oh my god like this is really cool i i like this um and uh so my friend was like i mean you could probably get in with your sketchbooks um and so i brought my sketchbooks out and um and you know i'm thinking like yeah you know it was like during the summer uh, um i'll uh, i i just finished my senior year of high school i'll just go out there i'll show my sketchbooks i'll get in i'll start in the fall um and i i um took my sketchbooks out and the guy flipped through the sketchbooks and he's like yeah no you've got you've got a lot of work to do um like you're you're not ready um and besides you've missed the deadline for um applying for the school by about six months um, oh, so i'm like oh okay um and um <clears throat> so uh i i spent the next like i i signed up for nothing but art classes that uh, i was living in ventura and you know um Ventura and Valencia are connected by a highway. Um, so it's, it, uh -huh. you know, you, we would go out to Valencia all the time to go to Magic Mountain. Um, and, you know, CalArts was out there. So it was like, it, it just seemed familiar. And um, so, uh, but at the time, um, you know, there was a huge drought that was happening. Um, and Ventura had stopped issuing building permits for anything that involved new plumbing. And so my dad's business had been buying a house that was zoned for more than one unit and then adding additional units. Um, and, you know, that was sort of like his his thing. So he, he suddenly couldn't do that anymore because of the um, the building restrictions. Um, and so he moved to back to Ohio um, because his mom and um, his mother-in-law were both at an age where they needed, um, you know, to be cared for. Um, and um, and so I decided to stay in Ventura um, and work on getting into CalArts. Um, and uh, I was basically living in uh, a one-car garage that had no bathroom. Um, and then there was a wow. camper behind it um, uh, that had, you know, like a propane tank that you could do, like cook stuff in the stove and stuff like that. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and um but no bathroom um uh and um and i just spent the whole time working on my portfolio and trying to get into cal arts and you know basically starving and you know i was shoplifting food from uh you know the the big box grocery store um uh, oh man and Ain't uh, no shoplifting, shame. shoplifting art supplies <laughs> um, and um you know uh 
my car got broken into. Um, uh, you know, the, my car almost got stolen. Um, oh, you know, geez. and then, um, you know, they they busted the driver's side window. Um, and then, ironically, that winter was an El Nino year, um, and so we got more rain than we had in ten years, and it was just like pouring into my car. Oh, um, oh my <laughs> So I also had a motorcycle, so. There was a lot of like going to my classes um, in like ski gear on a motorcycle <laughs> in the rain just to go to classes. Um, my goodness. And so I ended up not really like, you know, um, my my grades weren't staying up because I just like there was too many like um, complications with the whole thing. Right. right. And um, and so finally, like, you know, after I don't know, like six months or whatever, I, I was definitely going to go back out to CalArts with my portfolio. And I had been working on nothing but what they said to work on. But still, I didn't have like an actual portfolio, like, you know, where you like, it's like the big, you know, the old right, right. The like, big um, presentation. Yeah, I still just had a sketchbook, um, you know, okay. that I shoplifted. Um, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> shoplifted you do what you got to yeah. do. And um, look at you now. And so I went back out to um, CalArts and the head of the animation school um, was like flipping through my sketchbook. And while he's flipping through the sketchbook, I'm telling him this, like, you know, what I now like at the time, it was just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Um, but like now looking back, like if some kid was telling me this story, I'd be like, oh, my God, like the drive that this kid has that like over all of these things, he still was like, I'm coming back a year later and here's my... And so he's, but you know, when, um, when someone like looks at your sketchbook, um, that's like in the business, um, oh, you can't see the sketchbook, but it's like, you know, like they go like that fast, you know? Um, right. Right. And, um, and so I, but I'd never had someone look at my sketchbook like that. Like, it was always like friends or family who like, like stop on every page and like, right. What's this? Um, <laughs> but he's like, as fast as he could turn the pages. And so I'm, I'm, and I'm just telling this story the whole time. And, um, uh, at the end, um, like he finished looking at my sketchbook, but I was still telling the story. And then like, he opens the, pulls out a drawer and like takes out a piece of paper. And I'm like, oh my God, like, he's just going, he's just going back to work. Um, oh, wow. uh, I, like I, I blew this so hard. Um, right. And, um, uh, and you know, then I was like, okay, I, I'm, you know, it's all in my head. Like I, I need to wrap it up. Cause like, he's just back to work and it, this is right. embarrassing at this point. Um, and so he was filling out, um, an acceptance card. Um, and he was like, here you go. Um, I'll see you in the fall. Uh, and I was just like, wow. He's like, take this to admissions. They'll send you a packet, you know, um, for, um, you know, the, I don't know, the financial aid or, I don't know, the financial packet that, uh, you know. Um, when I got that, that's when it was real. Um, cause like when he gave me that card, I was like, no, like it can't be that easy. Like, <laughs> Did this real? really yeah. just happen? He's, he's just moving me out of his office and then I'm going to get a letter that says, um, further consideration. We've, um, but like when the packet came and was like, all right, so we'll see you in the fall and this is how much tuition is and this is how much housing is and this is how much your you know materials fees are. Um, I was like, oh my God, like I don't have that much money. Um, uh, right. So that's when I moved back to Ohio and worked with my dad like to save up enough money to like at least be able to afford the first semester. And I just figured like, 
maybe like I'll, if I, if I can like impress them in the first semester, maybe like they'll help me out. And then they did. Um, so then I was able to nice. get financial aid. And, um, so, um, but it was always like, I had to like work my ass off every summer to like save up enough money to be able to afford <laughs> to go to school. And, you know, I did, I did have student loans and stuff like that, but, um, but yeah, then I, you know, I live off of ramen and, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, um, you know, and then I had friends there that, um, you know, had like, you know, both parents were doctors and, you know, and they're like living the high life, going to Denny's and getting steak. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm getting a Fancy bean burrito from Taco Bell. Um, that's my story. burritos go a long way though. They really do. Yeah. They still go hard today. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you get to a point where you just really, really, really hate um, cup of noodle, um, but like you've got to eat um, and that's what you've right. got to eat. Um, so, um, and uh, yeah, so when I got, when I get to that first gig and it's like, oh my God, like I'm actually going to be able to like make a living and like feed myself. And um, I think on that first, on, on the max, um, uh, I went from you know, living off of ramen and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to there was a ribs place um, that uh, had this, um, you know, this, it was called uh, Brandon the Banker. Um, and that was like the, the special plate that you could get that had four ribs and they were like, like that. Um, oh, geez. And um, four oh, ribs and two sides. And that was Brandon the Banker. And so I would go <laughs> and I, and there was a liquor store next door. So I would go and I would get a Brandon the Banker and I would get a six pack of beer and I'd like, you know, go back to my house and watch TV and <laughs> fancy <you know>. living. <laughs> yeah. I was living, living the high life. Um, yeah. uh, um, and by the end of the max, um, one of the producers was like, Oh, Seth, are you getting a little bit of a gut? Like, <laughs> but I was because I was actually eating. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's Cal arts. I mean, there's like tons of crazy other other things that happened at, at CalArts. Like, I remember the first day that I moved in, um, like my room had a like a like the best view of the clothing optional swimming pool. Um, and I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like, that's just right there. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sold. <laughs> Why didn't you mention the clothing optional swimming pool before? I think that's how they keep a lot of students there. That's their retention yeah, yeah, yeah. plan right there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh oh. and then, you know, after uh after uh eight crazy nights, um I was trying to find like something else. I was taking all kinds of different meetings and you know, um I was trying to sort of like plant the seed of this concept of American anime. Um, and like, I was looking at like the stuff that like Japanese directors got to do that we definitely didn't get to do. Um, and um, uh, so, you know, and I, I think that like, you know, Samurai Jack is definitely an American anime. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and there, there's a lot of things that you point to. Airbenders, uh, you know, Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, definitely American mm. anime. Um, uh, but um, and uh, so my agent at the time was like, "You should go to to Disney and talk to them about this show. Like, it's based on this game, um, and it's sort of like taking like the Final Fantasy like anime world and then like the the 
the classic Disney characters and sort of combining them. And so it's, he's like, mm. it's exactly what you're saying, American anime. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let me, let me check it out. Um, and so um, I met um, for Kingdom Hearts um, and um, I'd never heard of the game. Um, I was um, heavy into Grand Theft Auto 3 at the time. Um, uh, that's the, that, that's a fair game. A lot of people were. Yeah, I got to finish all those side missions. Um, but, <laughs> you know, after Eight Crazy Nights, like I had a lot of a lot of time where it was just meetings, like day right. in, day out, like meetings. And um, and then I was just playing Grand Theft Auto and, um, you know, annoying my then girlfriend, now wife. Um, uh, but um and uh so i played the game i uh I, I met on the thing um they had a script um but they also had the game and uh, i played the game and you know just like i just put grand theft auto to the side and then played nothing but kingdom hearts and so um i finished the game in about a week and um oh wow uh, and um uh and and then i read the script and the script was nothing like um what the game was like like the script read like an episode of aladdin um co-starring the kingdom hearts characters so that, that's that's interesting because you you played the game uh you beat it in a week i mean we were probably in uh second grade so it probably did not take us a week uh, <laughs> that, that game got kind of hard for, for us kids. so w when you beat it and then you read the script was was it upsetting to read the script that this was not the experience you just um, I'm into. I mean, you know, uh, I I just thought like th this wasn't the this isn't the show. Um, like you know, um, and you know, knowing that the game hit in a lot of um, a lot of worlds that Disney had already done animated series, um, that like this couldn't be the this couldn't be the pilot. Like this couldn't be um, what the show was about because then it would always feel like that the kingdom hearts characters were you know second tier compared to you know the more famous you know disney you know, heroes and heroines and um and um so i told them that i didn't like the script and then they fired me um uh, and um and then i was like um Gwen, can i talk to you about the script though can i tell Let's you why i didn't like the real script? quick um and uh so it turns out that like the guy who was running Disney at the time, like that, that premise was his premise. Um, and, uh, mm. so that's why, he, you know, he took it a little personal, but I didn't know it was his premise. Um, and I was like, you know, I played the game, um, uh, and you know, like anyone who's going to be like coming to the show, like they, they will have played the game. Like, you know, maybe like there won't be some people, but like you're, you're making this like show because the game is such a huge success. Right. Um, uh, and just like with the max, like, um, you know, the Max was a comic book, you know, it was like in that first wave of image comics, um, you know, uh, Sam Keith had been doing um, Wolverine before. And so, you know, he, he did the Max and uh, it was his own creator owned comic um, for image. Um, and um, when we were doing the Max, we were like, you know, we just we hate when like animation does a comic book. Um, and and then it just doesn't feel like the comic book at all. So, you know, with the Max, right. um, you know, it has all of the insert panels that that he would do, and like you know, it it, it, it we just brought the comic book to life. Um, and so, with Kingdom Hearts, I just wanted to like do the same thing and like really respect the um, the game. Um, and 
you know, uh, I didn't want to tell like a one-to-one -one, um, uh, exact, um, you know, just retelling of the story of the game. Um, but I felt like that there was a lot of stuff that um, that you didn't see in the game um, and that maybe we could tell some of that story. Um, mm -hmm. And at the time I was watching, um, like Cowboy Bebop had just come out on Adult Swim. And so, you know, oh, okay. my... My midnight viewing every night was Cowboy Bebop. Um, right. And I was like, well, uh, what if, like, yeah, what if, um, like, we sh we showed some of them, like, on the ship, like, you know, in sort of, like, Cowboy Bebop style, Ooh, like, they're sort okay. of waiting for, like, what's the next thing? Like, you know, where are the Heartless appearing again? Um, that's genius. That's, that's an element that, at least in the first Kingdom Hearts, that was never really explored in the games. So yeah. that would have been an interesting uh, take on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I thought like, you know, you hardly see Riku in the game, but like, um, you know, what if we told more of his story too? And that like, you know, Sora is taking this path and Riku's taking that path and Riku thinks that he's doing what he needs to do to get his friends back together and not realizing that he's kind of getting deeper and deeper into the dark side or whatever. Um, so um, everything you're saying is like, that's like pure gold because one that's what they kind of do in the other games they kind of look at the perspective of riku but had this show got off the ground i would have very much been invested in the kind of like yeah what is riku doing what has he had been doing this whole entire time yeah um and um you know the pilot like people have uh, made comments that like the pilot like moves along too fast um but like um, I had 11 minutes to set up the entire premise of, you know, that there's the these entities right. known as the Heartless and that they're going from planet to planet um, uh, uh, and that the planets are like, you know, like that there's the Tarzan planet and the Alice in Wonderland planet and like, you right. know, and like it right. established all of that. Um, and then, um, you know, like the, the real mission that they give you um, in development is like, you can't do an origin story pilot. It has to be like, this is episode seven. Um, and so, okay. so people watch the animatic and they're like, well, well how come we're at, um, you know, Agrabah already? Um, and it's like, well, it's Agrabah because the original script was Agrabah. And I figured like, you might as well keep some parts of the original script. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so, the you know, yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, the, there was a you know ton of story to tell in eleven minutes. Um, so uh, all of those things would have been spread out over you know other episodes and um, and even just the fact that um, Kingdom Hearts would have had a like a series arc um, or like a season arc um, at the time um, that wasn't being done. Um, it was only being done in anime. Um, right. And, uh, right. Mm -hmm. You know, it was. Um, Disney had done it on uh, Gargoyles, um, and Gargoyles was also the reason why they were like, we're never doing that again. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, so, boy. Because what Gargoyles happens is, is, yeah, Gargoyles is great. Um, but what happens is in production, you know, like what I was saying about like, you basically have this waterfall schedule, which is like, there's episode one, episode two, episode three, episode right. four, episode five, like that, you know, and so that's how you sort of like stagger the production so that you, you know, can like 
you've got like team A and team B and like they do all the even numbers and they do all the odd numbers like that. That's like the most basic um, structure. Um, but what happens sometimes is that like, oh, on episode 104, um, yeah, we gave it, we had a freelancer who was doing the thing and then it came to the, to the end and they were supposed to turn their stuff in and they just didn't turn anything in. So now 104 has like an entire act that needs to be done. Um, Right. And so in a normal production schedule, you'd be like, okay, so let's move 105 up um, and we'll shift 104 down a little bit. Um, uh, 104 will ship later. um, So maybe we'll get 105 and 106 out before 104. But when you have a sequential story um, and when the episode's coming back, from Korea um, or Japan or wherever it was being animated mm-hmm. at the time. I think um, I think Gargoyles was at TMS. Um, uh, okay. But, um, uh, you know, back then it would come back and there would only be like a, a little window before it actually had to be on, on TV. Um, and so not enough time to like reconfigure the, um, the order so that the story made sense. Um, so when you hit a hiccup in a sequential storyline like that, it affect it had a ripple effect on all of the other episodes because right, now you've got to like right. throw everyone on 104 because that's the all hands on deck episode, and then now 105 and 106 are suffering because the tr- the crew from that came onto this to finish that, and so you know um, it takes you a while to recover from that. So just the fact that Kingdom Hearts would have been a sequential storyline um, would have been different and you know it wasn't only until um uh you know uh, avatar that you know we got like an american you know sequential storyline right right for sure and like i think because even disney at the time for some of their animated cartoons um i think some of the behind the scenes animators didn't they get to pull out like some of the archives for um like like backgrounds like from different shows, were you able to do that for for Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, um, uh, I I really wanted it to feel like um, that this story could have been taking place at the same time as the the story of the movie, mm. um, right? And um, you know, and I even I wanted to have like you know we couldn't do this, but like if it were to go to have like you know when Riku and Sora are fighting the Heartless in this alley. That mm-hmm. like we could see in the other alley that like um, Aladdin is doing the um, one step ahead of the bad guys um, uh, song or something like that. <laughs> you know? So it's sort of like you know parallel, um, and um, so I was like, uh, I mean, I, and that was another thing that um, because I started my like producing directing career at Deke, um, like you definitely didn't have the budget to like. You didn't have the budget. You didn't have the schedule that um, that some of the other shows had. Like you know, Mummies had less than half the per episode budget of um, you know a show at Warner Brothers or at Disney. Um, right, right. And uh, and so you had to come up with like other ways to like make it work. Um, and one of the things that they did at Deke was um, they had a huge library of assets from all of the other shows that they had done. And so um some ways that you could like make it work is like you'd use incidental characters from that show and you'd use props from that show and you know stuff like that um and then you design a bunch of stuff for for your thing and so i just thought like from a production standpoint kingdom hearts would have um 
would have like blown blown the reuse out of the water because you've got like they they did an Aladdin series, a Hercules series, a right. Mermaid series, like, mm-hmm. and so you could pull from the archives for all of that stuff. Um, and um, and also like selfishly, I just wanted to go to the archives. Um, <laughs> Anyone so, would. I I would yeah. want to too. <laughs> um, so I um. You know, I put in that request to go to the archives to look at um, backgrounds from Aladdin, um, and um, uh, and I was able to like get them to give me scans of the backgrounds, um, and so that that's why the pilot has like actual backgrounds from Aladdin. Also, I didn't want to draw backgrounds. So. <laughs> <laughs> if they're there, no, for sure, take yeah. advantage. Well, because it was them. um, they wanted it to be uh, a full color animatic, um, and I wanted it to look good and I was thinking about like the number of backgrounds that would need to be painted um, if we were doing 11 minutes um, and the money that they had to, to do that. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was at the same time, it was a creative solution um, because like I wanted it because it's going to look better with that, but it was also like a production solution because like, you know, we were able to like make it look like we spent more money on it than we did. Right. Uh, so. And and with uh you know with the with the pilot trying to be like this um this pioneer for like american anime uh at the mm-hmm. time um were you um for for the pilot like how how did it test you know like did did the executives like it did they have suggestions on you know oh we want to go back to the original script that we have or did they want to move forward with it at the time um so it tested really well um it tested better than anything that they were testing at the time um and um, uh the execs definitely felt like that it was really rough and and it was really rough um and you know i had um uh you know some of my team that um had presented themselves as being able to do after effects and you know premiere um and it turned out that they were bsing and didn't know how to do after effects and premiere and so then (laughs) i had to take time away from drawing the board to do after effects and premiere um and so the board was rough um you know and there are some like pretty manky drawings in there um um but um so they wanted to like they asked if um, if I could have like cleanup artists um, come in and clean up the board more, um, and they were only gonna we were only gonna have like a couple weeks to do that because um, you know they they needed it for that testing um, period, um, right? Uh, and um, and I've just seen you know cleanup artists kill the life of a of a drawing um, by just like cleaning it up and putting it on model, but then it loses something like. You know that Sora's face behind you there um, is totally off model, um, <laughs> but you know it gives a, an attitude, and that's the point. Right, right. It doesn't need to be like all of them are totally off model. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, but that's not. The point I kind of like Riku a little bit. I, I kind of like yeah. this one. <laughs> um, but that's not the point of a storyboard. The storyboard right. is to like you know for you to get the feel for um, what the story is, um, and so. Um, and I think that like when you first watch it, you're like, oh my God, these drawings are like, you know, a little rough. Um, uh, but then, um, you know, you should pretty quickly just get sucked into the story and then you're not even thinking about the drawings. Um, uh, but um, so um, when they had done that first script, um, they had 
pitched Nomura on um, the idea of a, of a show and they gave okay. him the script and he was basically like, no. Um, Tetsuya Nomura, wow, he said no. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't in the meetings. Um, right, right. But, but, but this is what was relayed to me that like, right. and so, um, so they did this as sort of like an internal proof of concept, um, but then they never showed it to him. Um, and I never talked to him. I never talked to anyone from, from Square. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and then, you know, the word was like, you know, even though it tested, um, you know, really well, um, you know, they are already making other games. Um, and so they don't want to have uh, an animated series come out um, while they're making the other games. And so okay. you know, they, they just basically shelved it. Um, shelved it and forgot about it for 20 years and so um, <laughs> so cut to um one year ago yesterday for me um i almost died in a car accident um oh wow i was pulling out of a recording studio and there was a delivery truck that was blocking my view and so i had to like pull out um and um uh, i got t-boned by a distracted teenager in my tiny thoughts oh, in 240z um and um so you know a modern car you know he he was driving a, like a brand new mercedes so uh -huh. brand new mercedes weighs a lot more than a little two-seater Datsun. Um, right. right so um he came into the car about a foot um and um <clears throat> Uh, I was in the hospital for 18 days. Um, you know, I was like touch and go whether I'd make it. Um, and so, you know, um, I get out of the hospital and, you know, I, I had always wanted to um, like show this pilot. Um, and I had asked like different heads of the studio at different times, like, hey, uh -huh. like you guys aren't doing anything with it. Can I just show it? Can I just put it on my YouTube? And so kind of because of the accident, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to show it. Uh, and, um, uh, and, you know, I had shown the tape a bunch of times um, and people were like, no, you don't actually, that you, you don't actually have it. Like, you know, uh, that there's nothing on that tape. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, no, there was something on that tape. It was the pilot. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, and so the reaction to the pilot was amazing. And, um, Hopefully I haven't blackballed myself at Disney. Um, you know, um, I still, every time I, I talk to someone there, I'm like, Hey, who can I talk to about Kingdom Hearts? Cause, uh, you guys should really be making that. Like you really, really should be making that. Um, uh, and especially with, um, Disney plus, like, you know, doing Kingdom Hearts for Disney plus <clears throat> where you could have it in the Disney category. You can also have it in the Pixar category. You could also have it in the Marvel category. You could also have it in the Star yep. Wars category. Yeah, all encompassing. Yeah, yeah. You could you could have um, you know like do something with the the user interface where like you know you can see the characters from the show going from one universe to the other. Um, uh, you know, um, it's just like it's such a no brainer, and you know they they really want an anime project, and it's like you guys have like a really kick ass <laughs> anime project. It is like, there. The template is right there. Yeah, it's low. It's a low hanging fruit. Um, it's twenty years worth of fan build up for this thing. Like, just make it already. And then also, we've seen the shift at Disney. A lot of their current productions 
are serialized, so it's yeah. not very much well, it's, the episodic. It's different when it's not for uh, you know network television, um, you know, because mm -hmm, um, right uh, when it's going to go onto a streaming service and it's going to be there in that form for you to watch however you want to watch. Um, it's different because um, uh, you know in in the past um, you know the the mark that they wanted to get to was syndication, um, and so in syndication they want to be able to like air the episodes in whatever order they want. Um, you could yeah you could pick up wherever yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so um but you know now with streaming like you know do people definitely want a a storyline that goes over the whole thing so so yeah. yeah no like for i mean kingdom hearts for years i mean for decades even they've been fans have been clamoring for like an animation of it whether it's an anime or an american creative cartoon they've wanted that and i can i i remember uh like in the mid to late 2000s as a kid just you know playing the video games um and uh you know going online going through internet forums about the games having questions there was always this rumor about an animated kingdom hearts um you know show and but like no one ever had any proof uh you know people would say yeah my uncle's cousin's best friend uh he works at disney and and yeah he says it, it exists but it, it it was almost like that that myth that legend like yeah some people say it exists but it's not really out right. there yeah, yeah. where can it be it was only until like i want to say the last like five or six years you see content creators starting to talk about it again uh, like you know on youtube and they're bringing it up and they're like yeah back then there was something made but like it, it it's in someone's attic or in someone's basement somewhere tucked away like we have no right. idea this door right here is the door to my shed that's where it was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as an exclusive so we cool. see it, it's right there yeah. <laughs> That housed um, all the knowledge for this pilot. That's that, yeah. that's cool to us. That's cool to us. Well, um, you know, after after doing it and it not going, like, because um, I was so passionate about it that, like, um, you know, you have pilots that you do that then don't go, and you're like, yeah, I mean, like, it, it didn't have legs. Um, but this was one where I was just like, you guys are making a gigantic mistake. Like, you should be making this. Um, and so like it, it you know that, this one kind of stung um and um and so i just like i i didn't even pay attention to kingdom hearts anything um and um uh, i didn't play any of the other games and um it was just like you know it was like that girl that you dated for a summer that like i don't want to hear about like what's going on <laughs> right. um and um uh, and so at one point, like, um, you know, one of the problems for me as a director is a lot of times my, um, my drawing time is spent fixing other people's boards. Um, and so like, I didn't really have like, you know, like finished art of mine that I wanted to show. Um, and then I was like, I mean, like, I like worked my ass off on that Kingdom Hearts um, thing and like no one's right. even seen that. And I knew I couldn't show the the pilot, but I was like, I could show my my boards. Like you can show your boards, and so I put together this like you know um, this one post that I put on my DeviantArt page because you know that's that's all you had at the time <laughs> right. was free Instagram and all. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, <clears throat> and you know, I didn't have a following on DeviantArt. Um, you know, like no one knew who I was, um, and. Um, you know, I, I'd post things and like a week would go by and like two people liked it or something like that. Um, and so I posted that Kingdom Hearts thing 
and you know um all of a sudden like i had like um like a thousand views of that thing so it was you know um and then um <clears throat> it just kept going um and then that's was the first time that i was like oh there's like a huge fan base for this um and they're like really rabid for content um and um and you know then it was like a little while after that that i i sh i took a picture of the the cassette um which I took a picture of this one. Um, uh, Ooh, this, this is the, the cassette. Fable cassette. Nice. Oh my gosh, that is <laughs> that's his. That that needs to be in a museum. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I took a picture of that, um, and um, and then people went nuts. Um, but still, it was like I can't really uh, do that because the sun is out now. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, so yeah, the accident. Uh, I sort of had um zero fucks to give and so it's like i'm i'm dropping it um i mean i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say i'm glad you got in an accident but you know that brought us to your attention and it was right. like you know that one as fans that was huge because it was confirmation but then you know i feel with like animation anybody whether you're director producer oftentimes y'all don't get enough credit for all the work that you've done and then you know you drop this and then we geek out as fans and now we're looking into your career and everything you've done and we see oh you've been here the whole time i've, I've always been here <laughs> for decades right. yeah. and it's like wow like it yeah, took next, for this for us to realize and give thanks and show yeah. appreciation next year will be 30 years uh in animation um and I think like, you know, mummies came out 25 years ago. And so I would have started on that like a year and a half before. So maybe it's like, you know, 26, 27 years as a director. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of things that I worked on that um, I, I think aren't even on my uh, IMDb that, um, you know, I, I did a bunch of pilots. Um, I was trying to make make a go of my own studio for a while and i had like pilot after pilot after pilot after pilot that um it was like all right this is gonna be the one gonna be able to move out of my garage and you know move <laughs> into, like actual office space and you know have an actual crew and not do it all myself and then you know like, those pilots don't go for just the the lamest reasons um you know right uh, and you know i wasn't the executive producer i was the one that was making the pilot um but you know i'd be like yeah they, they said before, like at the beginning, they said they don't want that, but we still right. have that in the thing. Like, so who are we making this for? If not the the people that gave us the money to make it. Um, right. But uh, yeah. So, you know, Brown and Friends is um, kind of the first, you know, thing as executive producer, um, you know, kind of like coming back after that whole time is, um, I did uh, the the last thing that I did with my own studio was um, the pilot for my um, my willy nilly project, um, and um, uh, and that was like you know Netflix or the exec that I was talking with Netflix, not Netflix as a whole, but the exec was like, it, we're doing this, we're making this, um, right? So I didn't take on any other work at my studio, and then when they were like, yeah, we're not going to make it, um, then I was like, oh man, I need work. I, I stretched myself way too thin doing this. 
So um, I went back into uh, DreamWorks for a little bit um, and worked on, um, you know, Trollstopia um, and uh, Where's Waldo and okay, um, and then um, uh, and then Brown and Friends, uh, you know, came onto the radar and and it was actually um, one of the execs that I had worked with on Willie um, that recommended me for Brown um, and uh, so in uh in eight days we find out um like how the numbers look and if we get to do oh. another season um, and uh you know so that's the that's the thing nice. and in the meantime i'm doing the thing that you do when you're between projects which is i'm uh, i'm at the same studio and i'm helping out on another project that um you know is is kind of like struggling um, and um yeah doing doing fixing boards uh <laughs> no nice like i mean knowing what you know now as like a producer director writer having worked on you know trollstopia brown and friends um it, would you have tackled the kingdom Hearts show a little differently if if you were doing it today or would you kind of go about it the same way like now knowing that there's like 10 plus games now <laughs> yeah uh i mean you know if i were remaking that that animatic today um i definitely would uh, hire an editor that that i i know that he knows what he's doing <laughs> i would hire a compositor that i know that he knows it. but it's also different now you know like that was um on paper that needed to be scanned and colored mm -hmm. and stuff like that and you know now we've got you know these um you know cintiq um, oh, okay and um you know, and, and working with Storyboard Pro, like, um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. Like, you could basically animate it in Storyboard Pro. Um, and um, so, you know, it would be a lot more finished. And um, But, you know, story-wise, I don't know that I would change um, much. Um, you know, if, it, if I was doing another 11-minute, um, then and, and it had to be, like, you know, the uh, Episode 7 kind of idea, um, then... Um, yeah, I don't know that I would change it that much. Okay. No, because uh, for sure, like knowing that there's um, like so many games out there. I, I know with the recent trend in video game adaptations, there's this want for um, more or less like a faithful adaptation of the source material while at mm -hmm. the same time trying to differentiate itself from that yeah. same source material. So there's that fine line where you want to make it your own project, but at the same time, not alienate some of the older fans. But I think, right. I, I still think, you know, having watched the animated pilot uh, th that, that you released, I think there was passion behind that. Like a lot of passion. I, I think this would have taken off had it been released, had, you know, Nomura and Square Enix given the green light for this back then. Um, yeah uh it, it it just looks fun you know even the voice of sora i know that's not um Haley joel osmond uh yeah. speaking for sora but uh still i i believe that it was a character in kingdom hearts yeah so well the the kid that did sora um had uh done work um he was sort of like a sound alike for Haley. Um, is like Haley had done some Jungle Book stuff or something. Um, oh, the Jungle Book too, yeah, mm. yeah. And so this kid had been brought in when Haley, um, you know, because he blew up um, and then um, you know was harder to book, I, I guess. Um, and so that's really the only reason why he wasn't in it um, because it needed to happen like 
they wanted to get it in for this round of testing and you know it was already so close to um so i guess that's something that you know if if i could do it again i would be like guys let's take our time with it let's not like just race right. to get it in for this round of testing um uh but um but you know he would have been the voice uh you know for the series um so. and, and and for the record uh you haven't been blackballed by disney that right that you haven't heard that since you released I, I it down. i haven't heard any i mean <laughs> i i had a call um with uh someone that um actually she worked on mummies alive um you know okay. way back when um so we've known each other that long and she worked at sony when i was at sony and so we've known each other for a long time um and she's now the head of production there um and so she was the one that that made the call and you know we we like caught up for like an hour of like oh so where's your where's your daughter um you know where's she going to school and oh you've got twins like oh yeah yeah they're, they're. um <clears throat> and then at the end she was like so you know that pilot that you put up <laughs> um yeah you can't do that you, you gotta you gotta you gotta take it down like, come on take That's it down rough. take it down next week um, and, uh, let some people download it before we i mean people did <laughs> oh course, we did yeah. we did yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i mean that's media preservation you, you want that out there so you know that it exists for sure yeah um so so yeah but, but i haven't talked to her since so you know, <laughs> um they were talking to me about you know uh about something there um and you know but then also i've heard that I think things changed even from the time we had the conversation because, um, you know, Bob Iger was was out and now he's back in. Um, mm -hmm. And um, and so I've heard that um, everything's a little bit on hold there um, as he kind of like sorts out what the, the game plan is and um, stuff like that. Um, so. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe it's still it'll I mean, still I, be I guess I ask because, like, if Disney were to ever, you know, come back to this or Nomura was, like, wanting to give the green light, I mean, I would be <laughs> campaigning for you to be in this project and be back helping and yeah. leading. Yeah, I, I feel that's, be, like, yeah. deserving for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it would be kind of epic. Yeah. Um, you know, they do that, like, D23 where they, like, announce all of the things. Um, yeah. Like, would be pretty sweet to like walk out on that stage um with like you know the the kingdom hearts music playing <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> the goosebumps <laughs> yeah it'd be a mic drop moment <laughs> or a keyblade drop moment oh there yeah. it is yeah. <laughs> oh nice i like it <clears throat> no well awesome awesome no i said hey we, we appreciate uh you giving us you know a behind the scenes look with you know your career in general and then also with the kingdom hearts special um do, do you have any other series that we should look forward to or future projects like i, I know you mentioned uh brown and friends uh dropped you know in 2022 is there anything else that you're working on or i i, I think you mentioned that this is like the way period between projects yeah, and Brown and Friends is really the thing. So, you know, it, okay. it just dropped last month. Um, it was uh, December 29th it dropped. Um, so. And it's on Netflix? It's on Netflix, yeah. On Netflix, okay. Um, and it's based on the Line Friends characters um, uh, from Korea. Um, so mm. um, it's uh, it's really big in Korea. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and uh, 
And then aside from that, like you don't hear anything. So when I when I hear the numbers, then then we'll know something. Um, it's also um, on YouTube, um, uh, so they have it uh, on the Netflix Junior YouTube page. Um, uh, so, and you know, it looks like a preschool show, but it's not a preschool show. Um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's um, and it's my first like full CG 3D uh, thing. Um, oh, okay. So, um, uh it's a non-dialogue show um and we had a lot of fun with the scripts and um i wrote um i don't know like maybe a a third or a quarter of the episodes and and then i was executive producer and supervising director and story editor and uh, i directed a bunch of episodes and and, uh, i was the scratch voice for all of the characters um uh, because um, we do, you know how the deer um, in Eight Crazy Nights have that like, <laughs> yeah, that's you, <laughs> yeah. right? That's you. That's doing not that. me. That's Sandler. <laughs> that's... Um, oh, okay, uh, okay. But um, but I did a similar kind of thing for the characters in Brown and Friends. So like they talk, <laughs> but it's like that. So they're like, <laughs> um, so it's just like gibberish speak. Um, and so I was the scratch voice, um, and then we recorded, um, after all the animation was done and everything, um, then we recorded, um, uh, other people doing the scratch, um, voice, um, which it was really bad me doing the voice of the female characters, um, cause I, I'm not, I'm not gonna like try to falsetto my voice or anything. I'm just, it's still going to be me going, <laughs> and then I'll just pitch it up a little bit. Um, but, um. But yeah, it was that re- that record recording other people to cover my scratch that I, I was pulling out of the the parking lot and and um, yeah. <clears throat> nice, nice. And then, do you also have uh, like a website where people wanted to you know visit to see some of your other works, or if they want to order, you know, one of these lovely commissions? <laughs> Yeah, so dojoproductionsinc.com, which uh, Dojo Productions um, was my studio. Um, and so when I was like, I'm, I'm not going to try to do the studio thing anymore. I'm just going to try to like go back to running shows for other studios. Um, then I turned it into a store. And so, you know, it's got the, the Kingdom Hearts selfie print and it's got, you know, the the stickers and um, you know the technical foul stickers and the whitey and Sora <laughs> and you know uh, the Max stickers and, uh, and yeah I'm gonna <clears throat> it's kind of a new thing for me like putting art out that way for people to buy like a, just a sticker or whatever but um, you know definitely gonna uh, you know do more of that this year. Um, put other prints out that aren't kingdom hearts prints and um uh, so and i have like this is how many um of the board panels that i have left okay this this is it this many so um i and i am gonna drop those on the store also um so um i don't know how many altogether there were um i want to say like maybe like 300 350 um and so this is this is how many are left wow 20. oh i i see one of those as the the pots from agrabah the 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 spider thing yeah yeah (laughs) wow yeah there's um but you know a lot of a lot of what's left is you know like like that it's like you know tiny little sora in the corner or right 
where it's the you know the back of um donald like it's donald's right. butt uh, it's getting <laughs> launched uh, interesting camera or, or it's like you know sora's arm you know and there would have been something happening right there right so that's sort of like it's the odds and ends that are left um but but you know i'd rather have them in the hands of fans than you know in my storage <laughs> no we we appreciate hey we, we ordered two copies of the of the the selfie the gummy ship selfie. Oh, awesome so <laughs> we definitely appreciate it um yeah. but no seth thank you so much for coming on to our show i mean we just love just all the information you gave us for kingdom hearts eight crazy nights just some of some of the work that went in behind a lot of these productions because we were we were completely oblivious as to how difficult it is to you know yeah. get some of these shows off the ground so it's not, easy. It's, it's not it is not so awesome thank you so much seth well yeah thank you yes uh well thank you guys so much for those of you that tuned in for the yonko table today uh you know we had a very special time with seth kearsley for our second ever vivri card special we're gonna close things off here uh grandmaster hoop you want to you want to close this out oh okay Seth, we're going to put you on the spot real quick. Um, we do a little, usually when we close out our show, we do a little song, uh, re you know, relevant to the topic at hand. Uh, I guess we're going to test your knowledge real quick. Uh, well, it's like, don't forget the lyrics. I'll I'll start, you finish. And I, I think it should oh, be, okay. I think it shouldn't be too <laughs> I, hard I, for I, you. I don't know how much singing you're going to get. Uh, <laughs> I'll just do a Is it the technical bit. foul song? Uh, <laughs> you coming off the street with dirty shoes on your feet? <laughs> oh no! I, that was honestly what I was gonna leave with. Uh, <laughs> it's not too late. No, he, he literally took the lyric. Oh, yeah, it's a technical foul. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He did it. There it is. We don't even need to do it. <laughs> he called it out. So we're good. Never mind. That's that's perfect. That's perfect. Catch you later, folks. <laughs>